Hello and welcome. We have Untitled, Episode 7 today. Working our way up, episode by episode right now. Today is November 1st, 2022. On today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the People's Top 10. We're going to reward the college football teams that have been playing well, covering the spread, beating the points, or defending the under. So we'll get into that first. We're going to talk a little bit about the Pop Culture Minute right afterwards. Get into the NFL trade deadline as that was the, as today was the deadline, November 1st. As of, what was it, 3 p.m. Central Time, we were able to find out who made moves, who gave up players for draft picks, and anybody that was trying to make adjustments before the end of the trade deadline today. We're going to finish up with uh, Tuesday Picks and talk about who we have in the next couple days for picks in college football, baseball even. We're going to get into a little bit of NBA as well. So lots to see at the end of this episode. Starting off, People's Top 10, brought to you by TDF3 Corp. Um, at 1 for this week, going into next weekend, we have Tulane, second week in a row at the top. They uh, actually had a bye week this week, but they are one of the teams this past week that you could argue won the bye week. Staying atop the people's top 10 moving into next week where they play Tulsa, where they are currently seven and a half point favorites. So once again, with November now officially in the books, people talking about the red wave, Republicans, people talking about the blue wave with Democrats. I'm only talking about the green wave here on the Untitled Podcast. Tulane staying up at number one in the rankings. At number two, we got Tennessee. Rocky top, baby. Some huge wins in the past couple weeks that have brought them up to 7-1 and one at the spread. Last week, they killed Kentucky 44-6. to six as only 10.5-point favorites. Rocky Top is doing a lot of damage after a couple really big SEC wins, and next week they have arguably their biggest test. I mean, I, I understand Alabama was an absolute dagger of a game, but now they go up against Georgia at Athens, Georgia, as 8.5-point underdogs. Will they be able to retain their second spot in our People's Top 10 next week? Who knows? Only time will tell. Awesome game in Georgia next week. Tennessee, Georgia. Tennessee currently eight and a half point underdogs. At number three, we have Texas Christian University. The Horn Frogs, baby. They're, they're currently at six, one and one at the spread after beating West Virginia 41 to 31 as touchdown favorites. So they keep their winning traditions alive for this season at the spread. And next week, they're going into Texas Tech as 9.5-point favorites. That's going to be a tough one. That's a lot of points, especially in a very competitive Big 12 game. We'll see if they're able to keep it up next week. At number four, we have Buffalo joining the high rankings now. After this past week, they are 6-1-1 one one at the spread after beating Toledo 34-27 to as 7-point underdogs. So not only were they, they were underdogs by a whole touchdown, they beat them by a touchdown. 
actually, um, as of today, which is November 1st, a Tuesday, we have the first games that would be referred to as Maction, which are Tuesday college football games. So today, Buffalo plays Ohio. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites in a pretty tight matchup, but Buffalo, the four, the four spot in the people's top ten, plays today on Tuesday. I get really excited for this. I remember uh, the last two years watching those Tuesday games. It uh, helps make football possible every day of the week. It's a great time of the year right now, especially with baseball still on, basketball starting up, and in just a couple weeks we'll have college basketball joining the ranks as well. So a lot to watch if you're a sports fan right now. Buffalo, number four. Number five, we have Memphis, the Tigers. Tigers from the South, currently 7-1 at the over. They, as well, had a bye week last week, so this is their second time again in the People's Top 10 two weeks in a row. However, they do have Central Florida next week, and that point total is currently at 59, so we're seeing some pretty high totals. That is quite a bit, even with the likes of Memphis just shattering the over every at number six, we have Houston. Boy, 7-1 and one at, the at the over right now. They are, after last week, they played a game against South Florida, and they won 42-27, to 27, shattering the over of 59 points. So they have been having some shootouts lately, and as a result, they are 7-1 and one at the over right now. Next week, they play a Southern Methodist, 66 points. Holy moly. That, uh, that is a lot of points. <laughs> that is going to be hard to beat, but who knows? They're here for a reason. Number six, Houston. Number seven, new team alert, Louisiana Tech. Currently 7-1 and one at the over after last week in a 34-42 loss. <laughs> in a game versus Florida International as 57-point uh, total. So that was, uh, they shattered that as well. What an insane game. Uh, next week, the number seven team in the People's Top Ten goes on to play Middle Tennessee. That's a lower-level D1 school in the FCS. That, uh, <laughs> that's a team that we'd mostly know. They, uh, the point total on that one is 63 points. That is a ton of points as well. The sixth-ranked six, the six ranked team, Houston, and the seventh-ranked team, Louisiana Tech. Boy, have they been feisty with the over, but uh, 60s is a hard matchup to beat. At number eight, we have Miami, Ohio in here for the complete opposite reason. Currently, they are 8-1 at the under. So after last week's crazy bombshell of a game being 27 to 9 versus Akron with an under of 51 and a half, they go into their bye week, um, but they do play next Tuesday. So this is a team that will uh, compete in the Maction next Tuesday, but they get a little bit of a bye week. And after being a killer at the under, they'll stay most likely in the people's top 10 given that we don't see any insane um, developments over the next week. So more to come on that for right now. Only thing given is this week, Miami, Ohio, number eight. Number nine, we have the 
used to be football school, Kansas Jayhawks. They're still 6-1-1 one one at the spread, but they've been moving down the people's top 10 since this has been, you know, since TDF3 came up with this segment and started sponsoring it. So Kansas has been slipping steadily, but they have been a consistent top 10 team. So we got to love their performance so far this year. Football school, maybe at a question mark in there. For right now, 6-1-1. One one. We'll let the numbers speak for themselves. They did have a bye week last week, so they're able to survive one more week. But next week, they are two-point underdogs against Oklahoma State. Not going to tell you how to bet, but boy, being less than a field goal versus a really competitive Cowboy team, they got their work cut out for them right now. Almost got to win the game outright to be able to cover that spread. Then again, today is Tuesday. Spreads change before the game, so we'll see how that lines up. At number 10, close to my heart, we have the Missouri Tigers. They are currently 7-1 at the under defensive masterminds over there down in Missouri. So Como, go out and celebrate right now because your team might be in the SEC, but boy, you're holding them to some low points. Last week, they had a 23-10 game versus South Carolina. The point total on that one was 45.5, so you guys do the math. 33 is a little less than 45 and a half, so they're just killing it. And not, I want to make sure I note this, their only over was against Louisiana Tech, who have been over machines this year, and they're currently 7th ranked in our people's top 10. So this Missouri team has kind of been killing it right now. Next week, the number 10 Tigers go in and face Kentucky with a point total of 42, which is likely to potentially change again. But for right now, I'm kind of rolling with the Tigers, baby, especially with a Kentucky team that is very good at the under themselves. I'm liking this game to potentially go under in general. So we got two dogs at, on defense just going up against each other. Anyways, that is the People's Top 10 presented by TDF3 Corp. Excited for next weekend. There was a lot of developments over this past week. We saw a couple football schools in general. Um, RIP to Syracuse. I actually bet against them despite the numbers telling me otherwise. Notre Dame's just a good team. They left. They dropped out of the people's top ten. We saw a pretty uh, hard-fought game with Western Illinois Leathernecks, but they are officially out of the people's top ten after a lot of covers in a row playing some pretty competitive football. But going into next week, that is the people's top 10. And to be honest, it's great that I got it out today because the number four team with Maction starting up, we have football tonight. So they got to go in and hold their forts and hold on to their ranking for one week longer as early as actually 40 minutes from now, we're going to get that game started. So y'all know what I'm going to be doing in a cup in just a little bit. So all right, People's Top 10, congratulations, everybody that made it this week, and best of luck next weekend and tonight. So, all right, on to the Pop Culture Minute. This is, it has been a wild week, and actually there's news from just today. Some heartbreaking, some fun. 
that we're going to be talking about in today's Pop Culture Minute, November 1st, 2022. As of today, Takeoff, uh, an amazing rapper from the Migos, dies at 28. He actually died in a bowling alley shooting, so that is unfortunate. I actually went to the Migos at Summerfest in Milwaukee quite a few years back. I think I was still a junior or senior, maybe going into a senior in high school in Milwaukee, and I saw the Migos, Big Sean, and Future all play in the same concert. This was kind of back when Migos were still kind of, you know, they weren't as mainstream as they are now, but they were still pretty big. It was kind of funny to watch the people that definitely were there for Future versus the people that were there for Big Sean. And then I thought the Migos, I listened to some of their music for the first time before that. This was back when they had like t-shirts and, uh, you know, just kind of some of the older songs. I think this was the Culture One album when that first came out. They were awesome to listen to. Take Off, I think Offset's my favorite of the group. Quavo's kind of the most vibey. He's got kind of the, I'd like to say the pop effect brought into that group. So yeah, Take Off unfortunately dies. In recent years, he'd been working with Quavo as a duo. They, did, they unofficially kind of split up a couple years back, and they haven't been doing music as a trio quite as much. So it's kind of unfortunate that we weren't able to see more hits and bangers from Quavo and Takeoff. But I, I do want to honor Takeoff right now by quoting some of his scripture. For instance, I'm going to make a trend using the untitled Twitter page, and I'm going to make this winter officially a hot boy winter with his scripture saying, I'm a hot boy, so you know I got to stay low. Take off. That is from the uh, Cross the Country song. So that's a, not a new one, but it was within the last two years that he's made that one. And I will say that I am currently very impressed by one of his other quotes, which was Young Takeoff and I Thinna Buy Delta. So in honor of him, I'm going to make a GoFundMe to raise money to buy Delta in his name, and I'm going to title it under Takeoff's name. So I will continue to listen to Culture 1, 2, 3, No Label 1 and 2 in his honor, and I will continue to wonder why these dudes that can drop bars like crazy could not come up with more original names outside of the same thing with just a sequel and a trilogy to it. So RIP Takeoff, we'll miss you, man. And I know I'll miss your music. I love the Migos. Another one, part of the Pop Culture Minute, Jake Paul. He beat Anderson Silva, dropping him in the last round. Just to note, um, you go on Twitter and they're kind of saying that the fight is rigged, but I think that's just because Jake Paul is currently 5-0 and with four knockouts and he's just a YouTuber, so people can't put their mind around how he's winning fights <laughs> in boxing. I will admit, though, you got to run through some of these numbers, and I did run the TDF3 Corp algorithm on his wins, and I'm starting to catch a bit of an understanding of how he's currently 5-0. and And I will say I was rooting for Jake Paul. He's a content creator. I actually shouted out Cody Ko on the Halloween special. Give it a watch if you haven't already. And 
I, uh, I am starting to understand, you know, I just, I like him. He's a YouTuber. I'm part of the content creator community too. But let's start looking at some numbers and some facts from that. Silva is 47. He was a former UFC heavyweight fighter and champion. However, he is well out of his prime. And Jake Paul is in, is in his 20s, you know. He, uh, he's still having a podcast, so that tells you how young he is. Woodley, another person he beat up, was 40. Askren, boy, he's a young guy. He's 38. And Nate Robinson, not only was he a basketball player, not even a fighter in general, but he was also 38. So I am starting, even though I respect Jake Paul, I'm starting to think that he's just trying to kill off old people. And I was running a couple numbers, and I'm starting to see that he is currently in fourth place for basically killing off old people. Number one is heart disease. Number two is the flu. Number three is COVID. And at number four, we have Jake Paul. Stay away from the senior citizen area, man. I want my grandma to stay alive. Jake Paul, making the pop culture minute. The last one is Stephen King. He got into a little bit of a discussion. You could even call it a little bit of a fight with Elon Musk about a checkmark subscription. If you guys hadn't heard, Elon Musk, in our last episode, we talked about how he officially has now bought Twitter. And he's starting to put in a little bit more of a profitizing ideas. I mean, he's trying to make a profit. It is a business, but... He's doing some things that seem a little obscure for Twitter right now. What he's doing is he wants to make them pay about $20 a month to keep their blue check mark, which in some people's eyes is a big deal. I myself am kind of, uh, you know, it makes me kind of wonder every time you see a blue check mark, you're kind of thinking, oh, that's a credible source. But can I pay $20 and get a blue check mark? Because if so, Untitled is about to look clean as fuck on Twitter. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so Stephen King came back and fought that whole idea and said, $20 a month to keep my blue check mark? Fuck that. They should pay me. If that gets institutionalized, I, I'm gone like Enron. So Elon Musk responded to this saying, if $8 was okay. So we're starting to already see some negotiation. I'm hoping that at some point he gets him to put it back down to zero so Untitled starts to get a positive profit margin. So right now we're struggling a little bit and it would be nice to have some free clout, you know. I'm all about it. Anyways, that's the Pop Culture Minute. Lots that came up in the past couple days. Um, RIP Takeoff, we'll miss him a lot. But that is today's segment of the Pop Culture Minute. Up next, we're going to talk just a little bit about the trade deadline. I, as a Packer fan, am just mortally confused. I have no idea what the front office is doing. I'm going to talk about them a little bit later because there's actually two teams in the NFC North alone that made some pretty big moves that we had better talk about. First off, uh, about a day ago, the Bears made a little bit of noise trading Roquan Smith their star linebacker to the Ravens. And they, in exchange, they got a couple pretty big picks. 
And I know that there's always a debate when people make a trade trying to figure out who won. We're doing it right now with Russell Wilson. They gave him up, gave him Drew Locke instead, and you're starting to make the, you know, did Seahawks win, did the Broncos win? In this case, for the Ravens and the Bears, I just like to say that I think they both kind of won. And this means a lot coming from a Packer fan because I do not like to talk good about the Bears ever. And it's hurt that in the past three weeks, I've had so much good things to say about Justin Fields, the Bears, and it's starting to drive me a little bit insane. But I got to be credible on here, and I was pretty impressed. They gave up. They gave up kind of the face of their defense, who was way overpaid. They kept him and gave him a lot of money, and they can't really afford him if they want to make some moves on offense. They've always been kind of a, a poverty franchise because they spend so much money in the wrong positions. Just a couple weeks ago, I was talking about how Justin Fields, we need to be patient with him. He doesn't have anybody around him at wide receiver. The GMs do not seem to help support him by giving him good quality people to work around. Well, in this case, they gave up Roquan Smith, who, yes, he's really good, and that's going to take a dent in their defense. They're still going to be all right on defense, probably not quite as good, but that gives them more picks to be able to build towards the future, give them more opportunities to build their offensive line, give them more opportunities to get wide receivers. It's good. It was actually great for both. And looking at the Ravens, they got a hell of a player. Right now, the Ravens and the Bears are a completely opposite spectrum, and you're going to hear that a couple different times with some of the moves made. In general, I thought that a lot of teams won and were mutually beneficial with their trades because in one instance, it's a team that's competing for potentially a playoff run, maybe even a Super Bowl, you know, maybe even a Super Bowl in, this, in their future, hopefully this year or next. Um, Ravens. They're trying to win right now. Let's build the defense up a little bit. They got a good offense. At some point in the future, they're probably going to have to face the Chiefs, probably at least a top two. I think the Bills might be better, but they're going to have to face both the Bills and the Chiefs if they want to get to the Super Bowl. So at some point, they're going to have to rely on somebody on the defense to make a stop because I love, Jim, I love Lamar Jackson. I think he's really good. I do not think that his offensive firepower is going to be able to keep up with either the Bills or the Chiefs. So this was good. This gives them a little bit more edge on defense, and they could start building towards something. For the Bears, I think they also won. They got more picks. When you're a young team that doesn't expect to win for four years, maybe three if they, you know, with another trade that I'll talk about in just a second. They, they're not going to expect to win for another three years or so. So right now, why not load up on star power, get a couple people by the time you really start winning, they're two, three years into the league. Smart move on their part. Another, <laughs> the Bears had are arguably the best trade deadline of all teams, and it sucks. I was talking last week on Sunday at the Packer post game how I had a couple people that I really wanted to get. <clears throat> DJ Moore was one. Chase Claypool was one. And OBJ, if all goes wrong, I want him too. Ch Claypool, the morning of, I heard reports that the Packers were going, they were on the top list. They, they were the top priority to get Claypool, and he went to the Bears. So he's going to be at our biggest rival now. And we are still 
We still have no wide receiver, and now the Bears are loading up in all the right positions. Not to win right now. We will still probably beat them in the game we have yet to play, and we might even beat them by 10 points or more. But it's getting to the point where they took what exactly what they needed. And so more than anything, it was a slap to the Packers. Not only did they get the whammy of getting a great talent to work around Mooney and some of their other young wide receivers that have not been that good so far and have been missing a wide receiver one. But they also get to say, yeah, fuck you, Packer fans. I know you're our biggest rivals, and now you don't have who you were trying to probably get the last two days, if not the past week. So Bears had a very, very good couple days. Uh, in just the last two days, they've got both of them, and it has been devastating to my confidence and my ego as a Packer fan. So Bears kind of won the last two days. They did. They won't win this year. They're not a this-year kind of team, but, man, they might be good in a couple years. Another one, the Vikings in the NFC North made some moves. Actually, the Lions did too. This is another one. I'm not sure who won. I will probably go with saying the Vikings won this trade just barely because they had to give up a couple different picks that the Lions are very excited to use because the Lions haven't won much this year, and they're not a win this year maybe probably not even win next year kind of team so they gave their best player who the vikings are in need of another star around jefferson i mean i kind of wish they didn't have it because they're starting to scare me on offense but let's face it Thielen is starting to decline i wonder if he'll be there next year he is a mankato star and he is a minnesota guy so i know the vikings love him but at some point you don't want to buy it you don't want to buy out and get into a Kobe situation where you're paying a ton for somebody who's not going to produce and you know isn't going to produce in the next couple of years. So Hawkinson went to the Vikings, which is great. Thielen's declining, and Irv Smith Jr. actually just got a high ankle sprain. So guess who needed a tight end? Well, the Vikings did, and they did get one of the best tight ends. Not the best, but damn is he not consistent, reliable, and... I love him because he's a Hawkeye. So Hawkinson went to the Vikings. The Vikings are just loading up on offense. The Bears are loading up on the future and giving Justin Fields a chance to show what he can do. Lions <clears throat> loading up on the future, and the Packers did not do one thing. It is just getting frustrating. The Packers made no move. I am starting to think that the front office is just a little bit bipolar. If we look back on their two- to three-year history, first thing they did was they're starting to think Aaron Rodgers might be getting old. And so what do they do? They go in, and in order to prevent a potential loss of future gains, they go in and kind of do a hedge by getting Jordan Love. They're thinking, okay, well, what if Aaron Rodgers starts slipping up? His contract's coming to an end pretty soon. Let's get somebody so in two years we can potentially work towards a future again like we did with Aaron Rodgers after Brett Favre was starting to decline. Well, what they didn't anticipate was Aaron Rodgers got insanely good for two years. He won back-to-back -back MVPs, and... <clears throat> 
then we uh, we start building our defense and we get rid of Devonte Adams and we don't make any moves with uh, with getting new wide receivers. So at, at one point we were definitely thinking Aaron Rodgers is invincible. So we had not really bought and we hadn't really sold. We are basically in limbo land, not doing anything and expecting something different to happen. That just doesn't happen in this kind of game. It's it's getting frustrating. Right now, I was expecting us to commit to something, even if we bought out and we ended up getting rid of people. That's them making a statement, making a commitment to something. If, you know, I think Packer fans would be hurt because we think that we could have won something this year. But in the end, it's at least saying something. It's not just expecting to be like a seven-win team at this pace, which we won't be a seven-win team. We do have a lot of hard games ahead of us, but it's hard to think that we didn't make any type of indication of what's going on. So we're going to play with what we're dealt with. It'd be nice to somehow get OBJ and work around him, but... Probably not going to happen. He wants to go to a team that will probably win this year, and I don't know if that will happen. Anyways, outside of the Packers, there's a lot of other movement too. The Dolphins, they ended up getting, they actually ended up getting a couple different people. Dolphins got Jeff Wilson, who, if you don't know, is a running back from the 49ers, and they were able to build around a pretty young but growing team. So that's exciting. And then they were also able to get an edge person from Denver, Bradley Chubb. So right now they're trying to build around, get a couple skill players on both offense and defense, and maybe make a little bit of a crack somewhere. You know, they're a young team. They're decent, but they, they are young. I don't think we can expect them to do a ton this year, but we can possibly expect them to make a lot more noise towards the end of this year, maybe play really, really good next year. Who knows? It's a young team, and they are making moves to compete, so that's kind of nice. It's good to see. They did something the Packers weren't aggressive enough to do. So, um, Oh, one more notable from this past couple days. Jaguars acquired suspended Calvin Ridley. If you forget, Calvin Ridley was suspended for gambling on games. He was probably looking into the untitled algorithm with my locks that I post each week, and that's probably why he got so rich. <laughs> it was uh, it was kind of funny because the Falcons were turning into the best team in Vegas because they were undefeated at the spread for the first six games, I think maybe even seven. Don't quote me on that, but they were undefeated at the spread for a good chunk of the first bit of the season. And he, sub, you know... Subsequently, he was also suspended for gambling on games. So hopefully he was able to maximize his time off and get a couple bucks from the Falcons. <laughs> Maybe bet on their spread, get some money line picks here and there too. Anyways, this was an interesting move. I think the Jaguars are playing a little bit of chess while everybody else is out trying to play checkers to get pieces that they need. Jaguars know that they need to continue to get some skill players, help out their offense, help out Trevor Lawrence, perhaps, if they do think he's the guy. In general, they need to get some players. And here's the thing, Calvin Ridley probably won't play this year. But 
the Jaguars will not make the playoffs this year anyways. They probably won't do that much anyways. I don't think they're going to win that many games. I think they might play Houston one more time, and they might win that game. But outside of that, the Jaguars are not going to do anything. So why why not just wait till next year to get one of the best wide receivers from the past couple years and put them on your team, give your young quarterback a little bit of love, give him some potential to throw to some skilled players, some elite wide receivers. And it, I, in general, I don't think it was a bad move. I think for both teams, it was probably pretty I think that the Jaguars might have won this one a little bit. But in general, the Falcons are going to get a little bit for the future too. They also are kind of hoping to do something right now. I kind of like the Jaguars in this one because at some point they're going to get Calvin Ridley and they can be as patient as they want because they're not a winning team. And the Falcons are actually, first of all, they are in the NFC South. And they play nobody all year. So besides maybe the Bucks, who have not looked that good, but they have potential to play pretty decent this year. They'll lose. They might win the division, but they'll probably lose the first round. It's just how it's going to be for anybody in that division. But it was kind of nice. I mean, they got rid of a player they can't use right now, and they gave it to somebody who really doesn't give a shit whether they use him today or a year or two from now. So. Yeah, that, uh, that kind of wraps up the big headlines that came up on the trade deadline. I already talked about a couple of them. Christian McCaffrey happened about a week and a half ago. He looked awesome last week, by the way. I think that the 49ers might be one of the best teams in the NFC right now. Probably number two, in my opinion, outside of the Eagles. But yeah, that, uh, that kind of was the hot takes that came out from the trade deadline. As I said, today's going to be a short one, so we went through pretty much everything we had on the agenda today outside of the Tuesday picks. So today, Tuesday, November 1st, I, I understand that some of you are not going to be able to get these picks in time because the picks are at the end of the show, and by the time that this comes out, one of the games will actually already be over. So here's what I have as of today at 5.48 p.m. Central Time. I, I believe Buffalo minus two and a half, not only the number four team in the people's top ten, but I think they're going to cover two and a half against Ohio. Keep it going. Be strong. First week of action. It's prophesized right now. They made the people's top ten for a reason. The people's top ten was filmed on November 1st, the beginning of Maction Tuesday season. I love the people's top 10 number four. Not only is it basically a money line pick 'em game, they're the they're the number four team in the country, killing the spread all year, and now it's only a field goal that they have to win by. So I love Buffalo, and I also love the idea of betting on match in week one. So my next one is the Thursday night football game. You guys, I understand that it is not good to bet against the Eagles, but at this point in time, it's 13 and a half points. I am already, after this game, going to go into my Bavada account and throw a little bit of money on the Texans plus 13 and a half versus the Eagles. I get it. It's only two touchdowns. Eagles have looked like 
easily the best team in the NFC, possibly the two or three team in the NFL. You just got to figure out where you're at with the Bills and with the uh, – they're undefeated right now for a reason. Texans have been competitive against teams, and they – and a half is a lot of points in the NFL. Everybody does that game where they, even if they're up by about 20 points, they're going to allow them to score a touchdown because who the hell cares? So I could easily see this game being a backdoor cover. I can also see this be a game where Eagles are tested and they haven't been in that many close games. What if the Texans come out as 13-point underdogs, get a touchdown, play pretty decent defense like they have been most of the season, and what are the Eagles going to do? Maybe they just don't show up. It's a Thursday night game. They, I understand their last game was very non-competitive. They just blew the top off that game from start to finish. Maybe they get a little surprise this game, and that's what I'm going to bet on. I don't like betting over two touchdowns. It's just it's a lot. You never know what happens in the NFL. Next one, I have a game that's starting up in about 30 minutes, around 6.30. It's a game that's on TV, and it's a game where it's a really nice NBA game, so it's going to be competitive. It's only one point, so it's basically picking money line. And I'm going to go with the Heat, minus one, versus the Warriors. I like it. I did my math. I checked the algorithm. The Heat are going to win this one by five points. It is Eric Spolstra's birthday today, and that guy is a hell of a coach. They're going to win it for my boy. The former videographer is going to take this game out of Steve Kerr's hands. Love it. My final one for today of my Tuesday picks, Philly's money line. Today is game three, Philly versus the Astros. I'm taking Philly today. I like them at Philly. They had a pretty successful first, you know, first matchup in Houston. They took one game, which is all you can ask for from an underdog playing a, a kind of a dynasty at this point. Don't get me wrong on this. I already I already know firsthand who's going to win this series, and it's the Astros. I told you in the what was it? The baseball review with Calvin Brenda and Jack Childs that I love the Houston Astros because of the Kate Upton theory. I have this theory that Verlander being married to Kate Upton and having her be so attractive with the big tatas that he's so confident that there's no way anybody can beat him. And I think it holds true to this series too. I do have the Astros winning in seven, but I do have Philly winning this first game at home. Astros will go back, tie the series with game four, and then they'll go back home, win a game, and I think they'll take them. I think this is going to be a great series, but I have Philly today. Virtual lock, game three, Philly, Astros in seven. If you guys want to put a parlay together due to all this information, you might win a good chunk of money. Also, if you want to put... <laughs> If you want to even make more money, you can put Heat to win by five exact, and you'll probably get a huge payout. But I already know that's how it's going to work. It is Eric Spolster's birthday. Those are my locks. Buffalo minus two and a half. And by Buffalo, I mean the college football team. Texans plus 13 and a half. Heat minus one. And Philly money line for game three. 
that is what I have for today. This was episode seven. We're starting to get up there, closing in on double digits. Thank you for tuning in, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed it. And uh, really, make sure you check out that Halloween special. MJ was a, a very special guest. He's part of our community. He's actually part of this business and part of this podcast. So give it a listen. Have some fun. I had a lot of fun in Ames last weekend. It's a grand time for Halloween, guys. All right. Anyways, thanks for tuning in, guys. And I hope that all your plays and all your teams are successful this next week.